0: You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, smrnation.com.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio, where we are here. We are (laughs) here. That's good. Hopefully,
0: you're here, too, listening, being present.
1: Kind of would assume if they hit play, um, I would love. Are there podcasts out there that just do self-play? You know, (laughs) there's autoplay, and they just run, and then... Uh It's not really impacting people, though, or helping people that, you know, got issues going on in their marriage, possibly, Mm -hmm. or their sex lives, which is what we're trying to do Mm -hmm. each and every week. Spend some time to just go where the nation wants to go and speak to what's going on with them. And so what they can do is let us know. 214-702-9565. Feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. It's where you can ask your questions, add your voice to the conversations, Mm -hmm. or just say... Hey, we love what you got going on. Love that because we do love hearing that as well.
0: (laughs) Who doesn't like that?
1: And we can also ask for the nation to help us spread the word. Jump on iTunes, rate and review, leave comments. Um, You know, I've spent a lot of time on Audible. We're Mm -hmm. on Audible. Mm -hmm. We can leave reviews there. It's kind of weird if I left a review for my own show there, but you can if you like the show. Just help spread the word because we're in a peer-reviewed world. Right? It's a social social construct of validation.
0: Well. There you go.
1: You were paying attention over the weekend. I was. conference. Okay. Of course, you're always paying attention, baby. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I try to be present. I'm just saying.
1: Well, and we also want you to be present. And I'm speaking to you, Pam. I want you to be present in in Indy, I'll June be there. 23rd through the 25th. Deal. Uh, because the getaway registration is going on now. Come join us. The early bird rate goes away April 15th. And so, come see us. Yeah. So coming up on today's regular free version of Sexy Marriage Radio, we've got a queue of questions that is going to be fun to go through because we're kind of bouncing around today Okay, with, I'm looking with some forward of the to different it. topics.
0: Is it but, is is a queue kind of like a rapid fire or no, not that fast? Yeah, it's
1: not a rapid fire. Okay. We've okay. there A lot of them are, are things that are really, they'll take a, a little bit to unpack, okay. but we're going to get through as many as we can. And then on the extended version of today, which is deeper, longer, and there are no ads, you can subscribe at smrnation.com forward slash SMRAcademy. Uh, we're going to go into a deeper email of a wife that's emailed in about, uh, she's got a, a history of trauma mm-hmm. and never could let herself relax or, or be engaging in sex very well until she met her husband. Now, there's some semblances of past showing up in the present. Sure. In this relationship where she's feeling guilted and some of the different aspects of the way we handle pressure. Okay. And so she's curious, what do I do? Okay. And so we're going to spend quite a bit of time on that. Sounds good. So, all that's coming up on today's show. So, this is an email from a husband that says, My wife and I just celebrated our 20 years of marriage. My wife is the lower desire. And the only time there's an exception to this is when we do our regular trips, which is vacations. On these trips, we would leave the kids behind. She and I would go down to the Caribbean, just be ourselves for about a week. That sounds fabulous. It does. During these times, she would open up, let go, and it was heaven for me. Of course, a few factors contribute to this. Atmosphere, dancing, laying out, relaxing, no kids, no pressure, mojitos, and everything else you'd expect while on vacation. Needless to say, this was our routine two to three times a year. We always look forward to it, and I could even lower my desires during the year in the expectation of the trip. Now, the Lord's been teaching me about expectations and the dangers of it, and you talk about it a lot. Well, for the last six months and in the last two trips, I feel her desire for me has drastically decreased. She's always available, but feeling wanted isn't there anymore. She denies it, however, and I can tell from the way she kisses me, the way she touches me, the way she pursues me. Actually, she doesn't pursue me at all. I mean, in all our trips, I couldn't get that woman off me. I mean, she would wanted it so bad several times a day that she would even start getting naked even before hitting the room. But in the last two trips, we went a few days without sex, intimacy, hugs, etc. I tried to pursue her, make her day perfect, love on her, care for her, let her sleep in, sat by her while she tans, but nothing I tried worked. We talked about it, and she, did not, and she denies it. I even mentioned how she kisses me, and, and that's different. It's odd. Before, one mojito got her clothes off. Now she, can, now, she can be crawling back to the room with no desire whatsoever. Now, I'm not saying that I felt that the alcohol had, us, had to do with us having sex, because it didn't. But I can tell you that not even that helps nowadays. I love this woman with everything. I give her everything, treat her like a queen, but it feels the more I pursue her, the worse it's getting. Not sure what's up. She's gotten fit in the last couple of months and dedicated to look amazing. And I'm not sure if that has to do anything to do with it. She follows an awesome program and is dedicated to the program and those in the community. Maybe she is very focused on that and can't focus on multiple things. Either way, would love your thoughts about that. Thanks. This is an interesting one because mm-hmm. one of the things that often is glamorized or, or idealized, and we will talk about this sometimes mm-hmm. on the show is the idea of vacation sex is that ultimate exception. Right. But yet, in this instance, even that's changed. Mm -hmm. Because it's one where they do it regularly enough that they they have enough data to see it as, okay, wait.
0: Something's changing Something's
1: going on that's different. And so, there's a couple things that come to my mind, and I'm curious how you hear this, too.
0: Well, it sounds like something else has changed within the relationship. I, it, you don't get any clues to it within here. It's well within the relationship or within her or him individually. Um,
1: well, so so one of the things I think we have to add into the fact, assuming this is written and this experience has happened within the, the current last six months, because this is a, an email that's relatively new in the queue.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. The world has changed in the last two years about the level of stress we all carry. True, that's an impact absolutely mm-hmm. on people. a lot of times we don't even recognize it mm-hmm. because escapes aren't aren't the same anymore. If you're hopping on a plane, it's a different environment than I'm relaxing as soon as I get to the airport, mm-hmm. <laughs> Because now all of a sudden the the whole framework is different, right? On the structure of what it takes. To move from point A to point B in our world,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: so that's a that's an impact, possibly if not likely.
0: Well, not just the travel piece and how weird that is, but it, it's just there's just this undertone, yeah, that is that is in the world, yeah, and and a, changes that we've all seen that have just um, been so immediate, um, that can affect everyone. And and you're right. Sometimes we don't open our eyes and see it and realize that it's happening to us.
1: Yeah. We think we're immune to it or it hasn't really impacted me or, but no, it does on the day to day because there's a different feeling of, it's, it's not the norm that we were had prior to. Right. So that's a definite factor to at least be aware of. But the other thing is, um, including the whole pandemic issue, there are aspects of life where some stressors we can get away from, and some we can't. When we're talking about a vacation, mm-hmm. I've got family dynamic that's happening, or I've got work issues that's happening that I know. Yeah, I'm got I've gotten away and it's a break, but I know when I'm coming back and I can't quite just disconnect enough yeah. from it. Or your kids are at different ages now, that brings about a different stressor because you're worried about well college or. They're going to leave, or what if they're going to make that choice, or they're dating that person, or, you know, there's... Right. Those are different weights. I mean, we've experienced this in the sense of, you know, the struggle of dealing with a teenage on the emotion mm-hmm. component for us, for, oh, let me own it, for me, is different than dealing with toddlers and elementary age kids on the emotional burden of that.
0: I agree. I agree. It's been a different scenario.
1: So it's just recognizing... That's part of the dynamic in the transition, plus the, you're aging, and that changes some things too, yeah, when we're younger, we escape from things differently than we are when we're older.
0: I was curious about one thing you said, uh, and you might want to go back and read it because I didn't write down the whole thing, but um you know his feeling wanted has waned. The more I pursue, where is that in there? The more I pursue, the less
1: the less she pursues
0: she pursues, yeah, uh, and so my only. That's just a nugget. I'm asking a question. I don't know what the reality is, but what does that pursuing look like? Does the pursuing look like it's um, needy or I'm just coming after begging for it?
1: Like, like she's doing that or he's doing no, that? No, is
0: he doing that? Because okay. that can be an undesirable trait if it's kind of that clingy, I'm on your heels all the time, I'm wanting... Wanting something from you all the time I don't know if that's actually happening but you know when there's that expectation and it's not hap- coming at you you know during that vacation sex, no, I, I get maybe you. there's a ramp up with that I don't yeah, know
1: yeah I, I wrote down I, I pulled out several quotes that stood out and this is kind of I think what you're catching out, catching on to Pam is this idea of he made the, uh, a quote of she's always available but the feeling wanted isn't there anymore because i'm thinking he thinks of it in terms of she's not pursuing it yeah she's not pursuing him in the sexual encounter like she used to but mm-hmm. she's still available what's that mean right because there's okay. a difference here yeah because sometimes we can get caught in this this dynamic of okay he's actually still been the one pursuing she's just the guard is so far so much further down mm-hmm. for her it doesn't take that much to pursue that could be a dynamic to recognize. Or can there also be an element of responding can be a sort of pursuit? That's a bigger question, I think, to worth, uh, that's worth asking. At least get into understanding yourself. Yeah. Because I, I hear this a lot of the idea of, yeah you know, well, my partner's available, but it's still not enough. And it's like, okay, well, what are you really wanting? To so at least get into the nuances of it.
0: Yeah he's he's bringing up some legit observations yep. though here's what you can tell when a kiss is different yep right here's how it was and here's how it is it you got to trust your gut on if something's not firing like it was we got to address something right and it did you know it didn't feel like we got enough data for you to be able to
1: Okay. No, you're Got right. Too much
0: in this scenario. Well,
1: we can't talk about the idea of he says I bring it up to her, but she denies it. Right, because he did bring. He did say that, mm-hmm. and so there's this element of realizing. Okay, I could bring it up to somebody; they deny it, but that doesn't mean it doesn't exist.
0: Right. If I'm noticing it, then it's there. Yep. And whether and for her, tell me if I'm wrong. It seems like it. It would be in one of two boats. I'm either denying it to use his word because I don't recognize that it's there. Mm-hmm. I don't recognize how I'm disconnected or I'm doing it on purpose because I'm afraid to address whatever issue is at hand. Okay. And if, the, and either one, but, uh, or I think we can add a third caveat in there okay.
1: of I'm denying it because I don't even see it and I don't want to acknowledge the fact that there could be something going on and I don't see it because I interpret that as uh, I got to get I'm defensive about that because it's an inadequacy it's an insecurity it's you know it's those things mm-hmm. where where I get tested on something that I don't see in myself and my reaction often isn't good mm-hmm. because I feel like it's a it's a negative rather than wait I just don't even see it right so how do I recalibrate with that
0: well, and so maybe that's the scenario. How how do you how does the how does he as the husband who's recognizing something address that when there potentially is just a lack of acknowledgement okay. or so? Here's here's it? the
1: great segue because this is where we land it. I think there's this element of they he recognizes in the way he's framed this. Maybe he doesn't see it this way. They've both put a tremendous amount of pressure to, for vacation sex to fulfill. All the stuff he was hoping he would have in the normal aspect of his life to a degree too. Mm-hmm. So now that that's changed, we got this ticking time bomb of, well, vacation sex doesn't cover it anymore. So, cause he even said the comment of, I could lower my desires knowing vacations coming. Which wow. is like
0: She's got to feel that pressure.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Then you start looking at it. Okay. So what does pursuit actually mean? Because the way he framed it is, I've tried to pursue her, and then he goes on and lists all these different things. Make her day perfect, allow her to sleep in. Be with her while, she, while she's, you know, all of those are more, well, I don't, I don't want to put a judgment on which way it is, but ask the questions of, whenever somebody's pursuing another human being in marriage, are you pursuing them, or are you pursuing them, or are you trying to create an environment? Those two are different. Okay. Right, And, and they right. both matter. I'm not saying one supersedes another.
0: Okay.
1: But they're, they're different in the manner in which you do each one.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. one is I'm trying to create a, a likelihood or a possibility or an availability by creating a situation. The other is I'm coming after the uniqueness of the person. Mm-hmm. And if I create an environment with my pursuit, there's less risk. If the rejection happens, it doesn't hurt as much maybe Mm -hmm. than if I say to somebody straight out, this is what I really long for with you. This is who you are that I love to touch and be a part of and experience. And Mm -hmm. well, I'm not into that. Well, that hurts differently Mm -hmm. than I spent the day just kind of cultivating an, an opportunity. It still hurts, but it's recognizing there's a difference between the two, because I think as we get older... Mm-hmm. Tell me if I'm wrong. I mean, we're coming up on 29 years as, as of the time of this recording. Is there a difference between the times where I would try to set a scene versus come after you now?
0: Well, I, I'm not sure that I know the line between the two. Fair. Um, I I would say that I know... I've known in the past when, when you were just trying to do something that was to get a result. Okay. And I can tell that. I may not have been able to pinpoint it, but I can tell it because it wasn't coming after me. It was coming after a result for
1: you. Okay.
0: Um. then I, in those scenarios, I would be more defensive with the access to my body, the access to even my laughter or, or joy, because it's like, well, I got to, this is mine to give when I want to give it, right. not because I'm going to be manipulated in a, right. in a way.
1: So it, so it would be different in some regards when there's a more clean, wait, I'm directing this towards you, not towards just trying to set a stage. Mm hmm. And so if nothing else, it's just recognizing, because this is the two things that jump out to me are that aspect of pursuing her versus pursuing the environment, Mm -hmm. which can be one and the same. One's more circuit.
0: Easy for you to (laughs) say.
1: One's not a direct route. There you go. Thank (laughs) you. That way. The other is this idea of you're pursuing her, so she'll pursue you. Mm Because maybe we're not defining what does that actually look like. Because mm-hmm. is there a difference between if I'm pursuing her and she responds to me versus I'm pursuing her and then she pursues me? Mm-hmm. Sometimes we get caught up in our own mind because I'm looking for it in the manner I want it or do it, and I and I don't see what they are doing.
0: True, or 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 what we've done in the past is what I want to keep recreating, mm-hmm. and that may not happen.
1: And so a lot of times it's about okay, reestablish where you are now, but don't be afraid to bring up, hey, something's changed. But I want to keep addressing going forward Mm
0: -hmm.
1: in light of and incorporating what's changed so that way we can redefine what is and what can be.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: The art of marriage is really the art of keeping up to date with your partner, of staying on track with your own and each other's life goals as they emerge, exist, and change. It's about supporting each other and staying connected emotionally, intellectually, physically, and spiritually. Marsha Berger, LMFT. A great marriage doesn't happen by accident. Deeper connection with your spouse doesn't happen by accident either. Have you reached the point in your marriage where there's a slow creep of discontent or disconnect? When was the last time you talked with your spouse about anything other than the schedule, work, or kids? What if there was a way to be reminded on a weekly basis to touch base with your spouse? The State of Our Union helps you remember and discover what brought you together in the first place. It's a tool designed to help couples keep the important from being replaced by the immediate. Plus, this works from your own phone. 52 reminders, deepen your conversation, dream and plan together. Go to smrnation.com forward slash union. Connect on a deeper level today.
2: Well, my question for you is, I've been reading your uh, The Art of Loving from Enric Fromm and have some questions on the book. The the book responds to the definition of love as the need to overcome separateness by care, respect, and responsibility and knowledge. My questions are he describes self love as where we in our own life we're only happy and grow and have freedom when we love, starting with ourselves, and that our capacity to love others is never greater than uh, the ability we have to love ourselves and care for ourselves. Is this how you lean on the defining of solidness as a person? And second question is, he talks about erotic love being an individual attraction and the act of will, and that both of those need to be true to have erotic love and my question with that is it seems to place a heavy load or at least a heavier load um, on the partner with the lower desire for the failing of the erotic in a relationship. Is that correct or is that only based off of if the higher desire is being solid, then that would be true?
1: Oh, to have this on video, (laughs) to watch my wife listening to the question regarding Eric Fromm's book Art of Loving, published in 1956. <laughs> if that tells you anything. You were supposed
0: to put that on the air. No, okay. but it's
1: but it's you would this not. This guy's
0: a thinker. I'm a numbers person. This guy's a thinker. And I was looking at Corey, going, I got nothing on this one. <laughs>
1: yes. I'm
0: looking at him, going, please you don't won't
1: be the you won't be the only one.
0: <laughs> please don't please don't look right. at me and ask me to even comment on this one.
1: Right, because er, so Eric Fromm, doctor. yeah, the Art of Loving from Eric Fromm is a seminal work in the field. Mm-hmm. He is a, a disciple of Freud mm-hmm. um, that took it took it, he, he talked about the idea that the, the main needs of our personalities are based on freedom and belonging, which is separateness and togetherness. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I love this book. This was one I was introduced to in grad school. It yep, was a textbook. Yep. Uh, it's a short read, but it is one of those, like you're describing, your, like I'm watching your your reactions. Um, it's hard. It's a different framework. Um, it makes you think. It makes you struggle. And so the questions of um, self-love, if I don't love myself, I can't really love others, yes. That's the same premise we talk about all the way through that these are- these are existing concurrently mm-hmm. that if i'm if I put too much stock on another person as I deem it as love I've disempowered myself mm-hmm. I gave everything to them I gave them the keys mm-hmm. to my existence so I've got to start with me and then it turns into the framework of um Realizing uh, when you're talking about erotic, he said it's the idea of a will and choice as Mm -hmm. well as self and expansion of self. Yes, and does that put more pressure on the lower desire? It's it's a dynamic on both. Sure, you can't
0: have a one sided.
1: Right, because again, for erotic love, the way Eric Fromm is framing this, this is where it gets interesting because he believes love is an art form that you can learn and develop. It's not something that magically happens to you. So you got to get that as a foundation first. Okay. It's something I learn, it's a skill.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So if you if you continue that thought process through, you start to realize that that's the pressure inherent in relationships on both sides of the equation of higher desire or lower desire. And does it put more pressure on the lower desire? I don't know if it puts more, it's a different kind of pressure because that's something that's maybe a the way they haven't framed it and they feel like what the higher desire is bring towards them when it comes to erotic love is is diminish is, is smothering of their mm-hmm. self. Okay. Because they don't see themselves in that way or whatever. But for erotic love to exist, I don't have to have another person. I can still have it in myself that I exuded out. Gotcha. And that was his second question of or is that really contingent on the solidness of the person, yes, mm-hmm. it is, because if I'm exuding erotic or just passionate love, or brotherly love, or godly love, because he Fromm uses a couple of different examples of parent, parental love, godly love. Um, I'm not remembering all all four or okay. five, but but if I'm exuding that, that I don't have to have an object of it for it to exist. Gotcha. And so, that erotic love is in the same boat. Mm-hmm. I can exude that. And, and live that, and that's when, according to from and then other people that came along after him, which is where the thread, if you think about it, listening to this conversation, mm-hmm. this is where SMR is based in, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, because it's where my theory I love mm-hmm. is based in, with Schnarch and Bowen, too. Mm-hmm. If that exists coming from myself, I have a greater likelihood of it being responded to better than if it ex- exists contingent on a person responding to it well. Gotcha. Right. You don't have to. to co- you don't second. have to close the loop for it to it exist. <laughs> mm-hmm. If it's something coming predominantly from me, mm-hmm. I have a better likelihood of some you joining me in it rather than feeling totally like the cog of. Well, if I don't, then it's go- It doesn't it's exist. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Class over. <laughs> so as your head, um, we're at, we're done with class. Spinning. <laughs> After watching,
0: (laughs) it's always good to have a day where you learn. I love learning things. So, um, and it and it's
1: it's so funny because Eric Fromm's book, The Art of Loving, uh, you know, I got that first when I was in grad school. I was master's Mm -hmm. programs when Mm -hmm. I first was introduced to it, and um, recommended by our professor. And that was when I was working at a high school as a crisis counselor and it was a young girl that was a junior so our daughter's age at this right? point yeah and i recommended that she read that book <laughs> and i look back at that now going what, what? was i thinking <laughs> she was a philosophy kind of english she got sure. into that sure. and she was talking about a lot of relational dynamic sure. things and i'm like hey this has been really good read this and now i'm sitting there thinking. there I don't know. I bet she probably made it through like five pages and put that thing away.
0: What is this guy thinking? (laughs)
1: Because this is old English, old stuff from 1956. That's awesome. (laughs) But I do love the fact seminal works like that are still at play. And those aspects are still seen throughout the way we live life. And they still hold water Mm -hmm. into the dynamics that are going on. Regardless of what the world has evolved and changed to, there are still some truths Mm -hmm. in there that can be so meaningful and impactful. Well, that's what we hope Sexy Marriage Radio is. It's just aspects and ways to look at dynamics better and find your ways forward. So this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. If we left something undone, 214-702-9565
2: or feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. We'll see you next time.